Welcome to our first lecture for computer systems technician. Welcome to the college. I'm sure you guys have had a couple of lectures already, so you know a little bit about what's going on here. But today we are going to talk about Python and programming. So can everybody hear me okay before I get started? Can you just, someone put a message in the discussion and let me know you can hear me okay, see me okay, and then I'll get going here. Hope everybody found the live session link okay. There was a bit of confusion this morning with my first group, so I'm hoping you guys were able to find it. Anyway, my name is Braden Gerard. Most of you probably already met me in the opening up on Monday or on the orientation, sorry, session. But if you haven't, I have a background in computer science and engineering. I run my own business doing software development and I teach at the college full time. So that's a little bit about me. I like to tweet out all my geeky tech things and coding tips and stuff like that. So if you're looking for little tips and tricks around coding and whatnot, feel free to check out my Twitter. The handle's up there at the top of the screen. And other than that, you can reach out to me by email. And I'm always monitoring the team's chat for any course-related questions. We're going to talk a bit more about that in a minute, but uh, Teams is going to be like our central hub for course-related communication. All right, can you guys hear me? Can someone give me a thumbs up in the chat? You should, if you are viewing this live webcast, you should see me up in the top left corner. You should see your slides on the right-hand side, and you should see like a discussion box down below, below me. Perfect. Quality's great. Yes. All right. Sorry. I have a 40 second delay, but I also am trying to figure out the best way to use the chat on this system because apparently on mobile, the discussion just doesn't update. That's cool. Cause I was monitoring it on my phone at first. Okay. Well, I will keep my other window open here. All right. Thanks for the thumbs up. Oh, look at that. You can even use emojis in the chat. Perfect. You hear me well. Everything's working good. Good. All right. I will get started then. So for today's lecture, we are going to cover a couple things. We're going to review the course outline and the learning plan. We are going to look at the academic policies. We're going to look at our student success facilitators and what, who those are and how you can reach out to them. What is programming? Okay. So we're going to get a little intro to what programming is. We're going to look at data types and we're going to look at, and then we're just going to take questions. So it's going to be very light. We're just going to sort of scrape the surface of programming, get you guys a little bit interested and uh, go over a bunch of our administrative paperwork and whatnot that we have to go through so you guys understand how this course is gonna be run. So you guys can follow along by yourself on the right-hand side, just scroll through the notes as I go here. This lecture is also being recorded via podcast. So if you guys ever miss a lecture or if you wanna catch back up on a lecture, you can always pop the podcast in and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, and this is also being recorded as a VOD, so you can play back this lecture at any time after the live. So that same link that you got to this live lecture by will also be the same link that you can use to watch the video afterwards. And the chat and discussion inside of this lecture will also stay with the VOD. So for anybody who's watching after, you can keep up with the chat as well, of what people, questions people asked and what the answers were. So during lecture, I'm gonna ask that you put all questions in the discussion for the lecture. And then after lecture, any questions and whatnot that you have for the class, we'll go into Microsoft Teams and we'll talk more about Teams. So let's get into the course outline. 
really quick and review that. So if you come into your Blackboard for this course, the first thing you're gonna see is this video here. You're gonna see my little intro to the course and then a note about our podcast recordings. So here is a link to our podcast. So if you click on this, you'll get the podcast feed here. It's already got that little intro that I did in there. And shortly after this lecture is done, I will be uploading the audio from the lecture. So the first lecture's audio will come up here as well. Okay, so you can visit this page on your phone um, and you can listen to it on uh, Spotify and you can also listen to it on Google Podcasts. Uh, it doesn't look like it's on Apple yet, but it might take a little time and it'll be on Apple as well. So you'll be able to catch it wherever. So if you subscribe to it on whatever player you use, you'll get notifications when the new, new episodes come out for this lecture. That's all that's on this welcome page. When we go down to the faculty and contact information, you're going to get uh, a link here to book a meeting with me. Okay. You're going to see my email for email inquiries and you're going to see the information about team inquiries. So here's how I want this to work. I have a ton of students between you guys and my fourth semester group. So I won't be responding to individual messages on teams. Okay. I just can't keep up. So if you have a question, post it into the general channel on the team that we're all a part of the comp 905 team. And that way one of your classmates might be able to get to it before I do, but I will also be wandering out and answering questions there. If it's a personal question that you're not sure you want to ask in front of your classmates, that's fine. Send me an email. Okay. That's where I'll be answering personal questions. And if we can't resolve it over email, then we'll then feel free to book a meeting with me. Okay. When you click this link to book a meeting with me, it's going to open up a calendar and you can select the date that you want to have the meeting with me and then select the time slot that you want to have the meeting at. And then you'll just have to put in your name and a reason for the meeting. Okay. And that'll put it into my calendar to put it into, it'll send you an invite to your calendar and then we'll meet at that time virtually. So it'll actually generate a teams link and you can use that link for the meeting whenever the time comes. Any questions so far? So the next tab on here is your course outline and learning plan. And that's what we're going to go through right now. Okay. So the course outline we have here, which is your sort of your guide to what you're going to be learning in this course, the course description, what are we looking at? Well, we're learning about an introduction to a programming language and using logic, strongly typed programming. We're looking at applying programming concepts such as variables, data types, assignment, arithmetic operators, input, output, looping, decision-making and arrays. That's basically all of the technical jargon for learning how to program. It's the basics of programming. And we're also going to put an additional emphasis on employee uh, or employing something appropriate, still style and logical thinking. So as far as making sure that you get into that mindset of how you write code, um, and how you make sure to maintain the style of your code so that it stays organized and easy for others to work on. Because when you're building software, you're not only doing it alone. Typically you typically you're working with a team of people, uh, especially on larger applications. At the end of the course, you should be able to apply the fundamentals of any strongly typed programming language. You should be able to implement the development and runtime environment for a strongly typed programming language. I employ systematic troubleshooting techniques to debug a program code and implement program code to access information stored in a database. Now I went through that really fast. And the reason I did is because you probably don't understand half these words. If you have never programmed before, that's fine. This is an introductory course. So by the end of this course, you're going to know what all these words mean, and you're going to know how to do all these things. Here's just how this course relates back to your program as a whole. 
Okay, so you guys can look at this more closely if you want. And that's basically it for the course outline. So if you have any accessibility requirements and you've put it through our counseling accessibility services, I'll get a notice of that and we and I'll make sure we take care of that. Make sure you're monitoring your email account and then here's the grade points for what grade you get in Blackboard versus the grade it's gonna turn out to on a college grade. All right, so that's the course outline. Now that's just general for this course. Now the learning plan is specific to this implementation of the course. So what I'm teaching you from now until April, this is going to be your assessments. So we have three different individual projects. Okay. They're each going to be worth 20% of your grade. That makes a total of 60% of your grade. And those projects are due on February 15th, March 29th, and April 26th, always before midnight. Now I don't want any excuses on due dates. Okay. Last semester with my first semester group, I had all these excuses around, well, I thought the time zone was my time zone, or I thought the due date was at the end of the week, not at the start of the week. I had so many excuses around due dates. I'm making it very clear this semester. Everything is in 24 hour clock. There's no AM PM. So you can't say, oh, I thought it was in the afternoon instead of the morning. <laughs> it, it's, I have the time zone here. Okay. And the date it's in the learning plan. There's also a calendar in Blackboard. So if you go to this calendar at the bottom of your Blackboard, it has all of your lecture period times, all of your, hold on, let me hide my other course here. All of your lecture period times, all of your lab period times. It has your due dates for your assignments. Okay. So you can check here for assignments. If you want to see them on a calendar, you can check your learning plan for assignment due dates. Okay. And I also have automatic announcements set up. There's an announcements tab down here where you're going to see announcements pop up, but they'll also get emailed to you. And those announcements are going to send to you three days, three to five days before your assignments due, reminding you that it's due. Okay. So if I hear anybody say anything about not knowing when something was due, I'm giving you a zero because there shouldn't be any excuse. So that's the individual projects. And those are just going to be programming projects. So the only way that you can learn to program is by practicing. You just have to practice, practice. When I took my undergrad, like my first two years was literally spending like five hours a day writing code for programs. It's how you learn and remember to do things. Now you guys aren't going to need to spend that much time because you're not getting a comp sci degree here. You're just getting an introductory to programming, but to learn and remember this stuff for the tests or not for the tests, sorry, but for the future, because you're not actually going to have any tests in this course. So if you don't like tests, you'll be happy, but just so you can learn this stuff and actually apply it in the future. And, and everybody should know how to program at a basic level. Nowadays, it just opens up so much opportunity for you. So uh, make sure you practice this stuff. That's what these projects are for. Three of them, they're each worth 20% of your grade. Okay. Students are required to participate in class discussions, ask questions or answer questions in the Microsoft Teams channel throughout the semester. So because we're in a virtual environment, we can't really collaborate in class and work together and things like that as easily, but we can make use of the tools that we have. Okay. And I think it's very important that we're still collaborating. So as part of your grade, 10% of your grade, all you have to do is discuss and ask questions during lecture like some of you have already done here by telling me that my audio sounds great there you go good job you got 0.01 of your grade there <laughs> and then also collaborating in the team's channel throughout the week whenever you have questions or if another student asks a question answering their questions for them just being helpful in the team's channel okay and contributing to the conversation that's 10 percent of your grade 20% of your grade is the group project. So you guys are going to be put into groups. I'll let you pick your own groups, but they need to be groups of four. Okay. Four groups of four. Every time I do a project, someone says, can I 
have a group of five. No, groups of four, not groups of three, groups of four. If it doesn't work out that we have an even number of groups of four, then I will decide who gets to have a group of five, but don't ask me, I'll be assigning that. So you can pick your own groups. I'm fine with that. You can start thinking about it whenever. Um, and I'll let you know when I want to know the groups by, and then I will create a, a private channel for each group in Teams so that you guys can communicate there around your group project and I can see where your progress is at and whatnot. You're going to be given a group mark for that group project and the group mark will be based on adjusted by your contribution. So at the end of the semester, there's a peer performance appraisal. That's what this last mark is. You get 10% for filling that out and giving honest feedback on your partner, on your group mates. And Based on this peer performance evaluation survey, I adjust people's group mark either up or down by about 10%. So work hard on the project. If everybody works hard on the project and everybody thinks that everybody contributed equally, then you'll all get the same mark on the project. Okay. And this 10% is a mark that you get just for giving feedback on your group mates. Okay. So fill out that survey. It's a very easy 10% of your grade it'll take you like 10 minutes to fill out the survey. Okay. But you need to pay attention during the semester and see how your groupmates are doing and whatnot and fairly be able to evaluate them at the end of the semester. Any questions about the assessment types? Okay. So required learning materials for this course, there is a textbook, but it's an open educational resource, which means it is free. Here's the link to it. So you can open up that textbook and follow along. The lectures sort of follow the, the textbook, but you don't need the textbook necessarily. If you want more information on a topic or you don't fully understand it or you need extra help, because my slides are really just there as a teaching aid. Most of what I say in lecture and demonstrate is what is gonna help you learn how to do this stuff. So if you need to read more into stuff because you couldn't get it from the slides, then you can go into the textbook. We're using a platform called REPL.IT, REPL.IT, REPLIT. It's a great platform for beginners learning how to code, even experienced people who just want to do some code really quickly. It lets you have a code editor in your browser where you can run and test your code. And all of our assignments, projects, group projects, it's all going to be done through there because you can have shared code spaces. It's almost like a Google Doc, but for coding. So you can do that for your group project. And you can even just share your individual assignments and projects with me by sending me a link to them. And I can go in and run it right there and try it out. Uh, and I can even give you grades and feedback through there. So Repolit is going to be the platform we're using for all of the coursework. So make sure that you get your account set up there. I haven't invited people yet, so just hold off. But I will invite everybody by their college email to join the the Comp905 team. So there's like a team inside of Repolit where we can all be together and you can see the assignment stuff that I'm posting up there. And yeah, that'll be where we're doing all the programming. Other than that, everything's in Blackboard, right? So Blackboard's our central hub. Even these Repolit projects that I create and whatnot, I'm going to be have links to from Blackboard. So you can come and get everything in Blackboard. Um, Repolit's just a tool that we're using to manage all of our coding because we can't do coding inside of Blackboard. All the live lectures and VODs will be linked to from Blackboard. That's all on the left-hand side already. Once the webcast has completed, you'll see a VOD there or a video on demand or a pre-recorded uh, video, however you want to call it. All the course communication will be through Teams and Blackboard. So Blackboard is where you'll get all of your materials from and Teams is where we will discuss things around the course outside of lecture. The lecture materials, all the lecture materials will be posted on the webcast like they are now. So you can see them here. I also have a notes section right here. 
And if you click there, you'll see the notes for each lecture. I'll have them available there before the lecture begins in case anybody wants to download them ahead of time. That is a lot of information, but you can always just come through here and read this again if you've forgotten what I've said, or you can go back and watch this lecture again. Any questions? All right, a couple of questions here. I do not see any labs in the learning plan, so does that mean we, hold on, I gotta zoom my browser here. Can't see what I'm reading. In the learning plan, so does that mean we use that to work on individual projects, group projects? Um, okay, so labs, yes. So labs you are not being graded on this semester, okay? So you will have a lab almost every week. I'll be giving you a lab. So you'll see that appear inside of uh, REPL. So you'll see lab practice down here. I'll have links, and if you click on this lab one, I don't think it's there yet, or is it? Yeah, it is, perfect. So I already have lab one set up in REPL. I haven't put the instructions in here yet, but there will be instructions in there shortly. And you guys can go into REPL and practice your labs and do your labs there. Okay, so the labs are not graded, but I would highly recommend that you keep up with them and work on them. Otherwise, you're going to struggle to complete your projects, okay? Because if you're not keeping up with the material on a week-to-week -week basis, you're going to have a really hard time putting it all together to complete the projects that are worth your marks, okay? So the labs are there to help you learn and reinforce the material. Every week we have a one hour lecture and you have two hours to work on the lab. Okay. So that time is when you should be working on the lab, basically re reprogramming or working on the stuff that I talked about in lecture to sort of solidify it for you. And if you have any questions around it or you get confused, then you can ask me during that lab time. Okay. Cause we have a two hour lab period each week, which is directly after the lecture. And I'm available for those two hours sitting at my computer waiting for questions. So if you have questions, you can put them in the Teams channel, in the general channel about the lab, or or if it, yeah, put them in the Teams general channel and then I can answer them there. Or if you need to have a call and a screen share, we can do that as well during the lab period, okay? And then this is just our week to week schedule down here. So, well, sorry, not week to week, but module based. So like module one, which is our intro to programming, which is this week, that is a one week module. So this is what we'll be covering. Module two, again, is a one-week module. Most of these are one-week modules, but when we get down near the end to object-oriented programming and database stuff, they're three-week modules, roughly three or four-week modules. Okay, so some of these will take multiple weeks for us to cover. And that's your learning plan. Do we have to download Python? Mohammed, you will get some practice downloading Python and installing it as your first lab so that you can see how you would use Python in a local environment. So that's part of this course is to learn how to set up Python on your computer. So there is a lab that will give you practice doing that. You won't need it after that because you can do all of your work inside of REPL. So you don't have to work locally. You just need to be in your browser in REPL and you can work on the code. So we logging into Panopto, which email address you use, whether it's personal or college. So for Panopto, it has to be the college email address. But if you're just logged into Blackboard and you click on the link inside of Blackboard it'll, that takes you to the Panopto stream, it should just let you straight into it. If it doesn't, put in your college email and then it should let you into it. If you're talking about, okay, so Isaac, I think you thought he was talking about, or maybe that's what he was intending to talk about was the Repolit. Yes, it will be with your college email for Repolit as well, but I will be sending out, like I said, invite links for that shortly. 
Okay. So you'll be invited to the Comp 905 Repolit team, they call it, which is confusing because we use teams as a different thing for chat. But anyway, I hope that makes sense. Okay, so that's the course outline and learning plan. Just below that in Blackboard, we have our Teams link. Okay, and if you click on the Teams link, it will take you to this team for this course. Okay, so just so that everything is inside of Blackboard, I have links to all of our tools that we use outside of Blackboard. Here's another link to the uh, podcast if you need to get to the podcast to listen to an episode. And here's the links for each week's content. Like I said, there'll be the live link before it's live. And once it's live and then after it's live, it'll become the VOD link. And then here's a link to each one of your assessments in Repolit. So again, I haven't put all the instructions in for these assessments yet, and you also won't be able to log in yet. But once I give you a login and I invite you to the team, you can log in and you'll probably see a blank project right now, but closer to when I assign the projects, you'll see all the details at these links. And then again, here's all the lab links and at the bottom, is the communication tab. So your announcements, anything that I announced regarding test due dates and whatnot. Email, so if you wanna email anybody in the course, you can send them an email through Blackboard. Calendar, which is where I have all your whole schedule and all of your due dates, and then your grades. Okay, and that's sort of the whole Blackboard. Any questions about Blackboard or how it's set up? Yes, projects are gonna be done in Repolit. You don't have to download Repolit. So Repolit is important for this course because that's what we're going to be doing all of our programming in. Okay, but Repolit is just a platform that allows you to write code in your browser and run it and test it there. So I can give you a little demo. If I go start coding, uh, why am I not logged in anymore? Hold on. I don't know what my password is. So that's fun. But were these public? Is that why I was able to access them? Yeah. But once you are logged in, you'll see an editor like this. And this is where you can write your code. No, oh, it wants me to log in before I can write code. But anyway, this is where you would write your code, like here, blah, blah, blah. And then you can hit the run button and it'll run your code over here and you'll see what the results of your code is. Uh, you can make new files over here. You can work with databases. You can install new packages. We're gonna talk about what all this stuff is, but Repolit will allow you to do all of your programming right in the browser. And if you don't like the white look, you can even do a dark look, which it won't let me do right now because I'm not logged in, but you can go with a dark theme as well. So Repolit is very powerful and awesome. So we're going to use it. Academic policies. So in your, is it the learning plan? No, it's the course outline. In your course outline, you have a link to the academic policy, which is right here. So anything regarding your rights and responsibilities as a student to your student academic appeal pro procedure, which means if you don't agree with the grade I gave you, you don't need to argue with me about it. You can appeal it formally, and uh, then there will be a process of how you can have that grade fairly assessed. Um, and then if you're, were, if you're curious about grading and assessment descriptions or anything to do with grading, you can find all that information in the academic policy. Okay, so go there first and read up about that. There's other stuff in there too, like continuance policy, program-specific continuance policy, PLARS, attendance, participation, acceptable user policy for continuing. So all the stuff basically that you might need to know around being a student, <laughs> academic speaking at least, is in that policy manual. So if you have any questions or whatnot, you can go there to read that. Your student success facilitators. Okay, so in Blackboard, there should be, hold on. Did they not put the link in here this semester? Yes, okay. Getting started with your Blackboard course. So this very top link, 
Okay. You can click on a couple different things here. So there is the, uh, where is it? The Blackboard Digital Learning Resources. Okay. So if you need any information about how to use Blackboard, you can go here. I'm just trying to look, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. The LinkedIn Learning. So additional videos on LinkedIn, you have access to that with your SLC account. LinkedIn will provide you all kinds of programming videos on Python. So if you're looking for extra resources, you can go there. Access to the library, the eBooks in the library, streaming videos, database collections of journal articles, magazines, newspapers, everything like that. The URSLC app, okay. So you can download the iOS or Android version of that. I think this links to it and you can log in with your SLC email and get all the latest news and whatnot there about the college. The academic policy, uh, stuff about anything about accommodations. Okay, so if anybody has accommodations, make sure to reach out to the wellness and accessibility center. Okay. There's a link right here and they can make sure that you're receiving those. If you follow the procedure going through them, I will get a notification by email and I'll make sure that we apply the accommodations that you need. And then there is the academic integrity. Okay. So what is academic integrity? Academic integrity is Making sure that the work you're submitting is your own and it's unique and it's your honest, hard work. Okay. Every semester I have to talk about this and I've gotten tired of talking about it, <laughs> but I just put it at this point, guys, if you're working on something with a friend or with a group, that's fine. When you're writing down your answers, don't sit beside the person and write down exactly what they're writing. Okay. Or if you're like, oh crap, I forgot to do this assignment. Let me just copy yours. It's better that you don't do the assignment and just get a zero than get a zero for academic integrity. Okay. Because if you copy someone's assignment and I catch it, it goes to the deans. And every time you get a strike with the deans, the consequence gets more substantial. Okay. Which could eventually lead to you not being able to continue in the program. So I don't care if you work together, that is perfectly fine. And I don't even care if you come up with the answers together. When you write down your answers, make sure you write them down separately, not looking at each other, not reading what each other are writing. Okay. Do it on your own. Then it won't look the same. It's that simple. Okay. And if you're taking work off the internet, you have to say where you're getting it from. Programming is interesting because there's a lot of information online around, you know, I use this line of code to do this, or I use this line of code to do this. That's fine. If you're taking a little snippet here, a little snippet there, if you're taking multiple lines of code that do something, then you need to say where you got that from, put a comment in your code and we'll talk about comments uh, and say where you got that from. For this course, you shouldn't really need to take any code off the internet at all. Like it's, it's all gonna be explained in the textbook and you should be able to just write, they're very basic programs. So you should be able to just write the code for the programs. Okay, that's my spiel on academic integrity. It's gotten quicker every semester as I get more and more sick about talking about it. So you guys are lucky. Um, just kidding, but it is important, okay? So just make sure that you're doing your own work. Is there anything else I missed in here? Oh yeah, I was trying to find, okay, so the student success facilitators. They used to have a link in Blackboard. I don't know where that link went. It used to take you straight to the student success facilitator link. But now that they've redone the website, it might be somewhere else. So I will put a link to this page in Blackboard for you guys. But if you're a Cornwall student, you can get in contact here with Robert Pearson or Carolyn Trombley. Okay. They're the two student success facilitators. If you're struggling with your courses and you've met with me and you still can't get a grasp on it and you think you need extra help, you can reach out to either Robert or Caroline 
if you're a Brockville or, well, you wouldn't be Brockville if you're in this program, but if you're a Kingston student, you were under the School of Applied Science and Computing, so you would be reaching out to Jana Johnson, okay? And she would be the one that could help you out. So you can click here to book an appointment with her. For Rob and Caroline, you would just send them an email um, or give them a call. But these people are here specifically to help you guys succeed. So if you're struggling at all, okay, please reach out to them and they'll either set you up with a tutor or they'll reach out to the uh, faculty member to make sure that they're doing everything they can for you and whatnot, okay? So use these resources. I'm gonna put this link into Blackboard for you guys so you have easy access to it if you do need help throughout the semester. So let me put that, we'll put it up here with all the other resources, okay? And I'm in student preview. Let me just add this in before I forget because I will probably forget to link it up here if I don't put it in now. So we want to add for you guys under this a link student success. There you go. Okay. So that is right here. Let's put it up at the top. I think that's one of your best resources. All right, that is Blackboard, okay? In a nutshell, everything that you need access to. We've talked about the learning plan, the course outline, the academic policy, and the student success facilitators. Let me just catch up on questions here. What if someone, somehow what you are working on is the same as someone else's, even though you are sure you didn't even look or work on it together? Okay, Isaac, I get this question every semester from multiple students. When you are writing code, Unless you're writing a very small program with four lines of code, there's always gonna be slight differences, okay? You might put an extra space on a line or you might hit enter twice instead of once or you might call your variable, you would definitely call your variable something different. So, uh, so when we get into variables, I'll explain it, but you basically give names to things and you can these names are arbitrary. You can pick whatever name you want. What I see is I see people submitting stuff, it's like, Okay, uh, my name for my variable is going to be Apple, and I'm going to put a capital P in the middle of the word for some reason, but that's just how I'm going to write Apple. And then two people have the same assignment with the variable called Apple with a capital P. Like either you copied that from somewhere or you copied each other because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So there's there's a like almost a 0% chance that you're going to have an identical piece of work to someone else if you're not looking at another person's resource at all. Okay. And it's obvious if there's one word that's the same in the program, I'm obviously not going to care. If there's 20 words that are the same in the program, I'm not going to care. If 90% of your code looks exactly like someone else's, then I'm going to care. Okay. So for you to have that much code identical with all the variants and different ways, not only that, but there's five different ways to program the same thing on one line of code. You can do it five different ways or whatever. That's just a number I'm picking, but there's lots of different ways you can do the same code in programming. And so, yeah. Okay, that's that. Let's get into the actual programming now. So I'm gonna flip back here to the camera. We have about five minutes left here. We'll finish up this lecture and then you guys can enjoy the rest of your afternoon. For this course, we are going to be solving problems, okay? so. That is really what programming is. You can break programming down into smaller problems that sort of make up a larger problem. Every program usually has the goal of achieving something, solving some sort of problem, okay? And if you start thinking a lot about programming, this is, I'm constantly thinking about this kind of stuff, is 
when there's things in your everyday life that could be made easier or need to be solved, there's usually a way you can do it with a program, whether it's on the computer or whether it's a program controlling some sort of hardware, like an IOT device or a robot or something like that. So there's so much you can do with code and it's, I don't know, that's why I love it so much. And all code really is a set of instructions. Okay. So you're telling the computer or the robot or the IOT sensor or whatever piece of hardware the code is controlling, you're telling it, okay, first you're going to do this, then you're going to do this. And if this happens, you should do this. But if this happens, you should do this. You're just giving it all of this logic. Okay. Is what we call it to tell it when things happen or when you get certain readings on your sensors or when someone moves a mouse and clicks it here or whatever, then this is what you do in response. So it's a whole, it's just a set of operations at the end of the day that make up a much larger system. Okay. So all these individual operations make up a system. So a program is made up of a bunch of little operations that solve individual little problems that solve up a whole problem as a whole. And then that program itself is really part of, can be part of a system in itself. So you could have a bunch of programs that work together, just like we're doing here. You could think of this as a system where we have Blackboard is one program, Teams is another program, REPL is another program. Okay. Those programs could all be combined and they sort of are by the way that they're talking to each other into a much larger program that makes up your um, software. So just think of it that way as programs are little problems that can be put together using operations or a, a whole bunch of sets of operations to make a solve a much bigger problem. And then even those bigger problems can be combined to solve even a larger problem. So it's just sort of this stacking game. And it's really at the end of the day, a method for the user, the person that's interacting or the environment, the sensor that's picking up the weather or whatever to be access or to have access to the software or to be accessing the software. So the software interfaces or talks to these pieces of hardware and either controls them or responds to stuff that they're giving to it. So it's a method for accessing the resources of the hardware. That's really what a program is in a nutshell. Okay. You probably knew a lot of that already, but for those of you who didn't, that's the goal of programming is solving problems, working with hardware and controlling it to achieve that. Francis asks about flashing ROMs for a phone. Is that similar to programming? I'm going to say no. I don't know exactly what you were doing. If you were just sort of following like a procedure to flash the ROM, but that's more of you as a human, I guess, being the program, you're executing all the procedures that you need to flash the ROM on your phone. I'd say that's more of like a general IT type thing. But if you wrote a script or you wrote a program that did all of that for you, that said, okay, when my phone gets connected, take this ROM and, and then do run these commands and put it on my phone, that script would be a program. So that would automate that task for you. So you wouldn't have to do it. Okay. That's sort of more what along the lines of program. If you actually had to write some of the code to flash the ROM and, and actually set that up so that it, so that I know there's software that'll allow you to flash your ROMs. That is the program, right? So that's what someone wrote code to make that allow the ROM to be flashed onto your phone. This song is a banger. Thanks, Isaac. I'm glad you like my uh, playlist. It's kind of like C++. It is very much like C++. If you've already learned C++, then you'll have a good head start on this course. Once you've learned a couple programming languages, they're all very transferable. 
just different syntax. And what syntax means is it's just the way that the code looks or the, the words that you write to do certain things. It's just different in every language, but they all have the same principles. So that's why if you learn the basics of programming in one language, you can very quickly pick up other languages. Okay, and finally we have data types. So data types are, or not finally, I guess, but what we're, the last thing we're gonna talk about today are data types. So data types, every piece of data has a type. Okay, so in a program, when you're dealing with data, okay, so you're dealing with some sort of information coming in from the hardware or some sort of information that you're sending out to the hardware, it has a type. And what does that mean? That means it represents something either mathematically or visually or something like that. And we assign types to those. So there are numeric types, okay? So that's if you need to store numbers, so numeric information, okay? So an example of that would be, you know, a weather sensor that's picking up the humidity. It would give you a percentage of humidity. That's a number, right? That would be a floating number because it's a decimal number. We could have whole numbers. Maybe the user has to enter in their birth date, okay? That would be an integer because that's a year, it'd be a whole number. And you can have complex numbers as well. We're not gonna look at complex numbers, but you can deal with complex numbers. We also have Boolean data types, which is just a true or false. So for that, you think of a light switch, okay? So you turn the light switch on, it's true. You shut the light switch off, it's false. Power on, power off, true, false. That's all a Boolean is. It's got one of two states, either on or off. There's sequences. So sequences is a type of data that stores a whole bunch of things together. So examples of sequences are strings. So strings are a whole bunch of characters, right? Individual characters. If you think of a character as something on your keyboard, if you have a word like your name or I don't know, a sentence, whatever, that's a string because it's a sequence of characters. The space bar is also a character space, right? So that's a sequence of characters to make up other words or sentences or paragraphs or whatever. We can also have lists, which is just a bunch of data types put together. So you could have a whole bunch of numbers stored together in a list. You'd have a whole bunch of strings stored together in a list. So if you put strings in a list, it's sort of like a list and a list. That just got confusing, forget that I said that. But lists basically hold a whole bunch of data types in, inside, of, inside of it. So you can just reference that, all those data types with one variable, with one um, word. So think of it as like having a storage container that you put all of your pencil crayons in. I don't know why I picked pencil crayons, but anyway. You know, that's, that storage container is your list and the pencil crayons are your individual items in, in that list or your individual data types. And then there's a dictionary. So a dictionary is very much like a phone book, okay? So a dictionary can store keys with values. So if you think of a phone book, you look up someone's name and then it has their phone number or their address with it. Um, so it's a key, their name, and then the value is the phone number. This is exactly how dictionaries work. So if you're storing data in a dictionary, you can say, this is gonna be the key. It doesn't have to be a name, it can be anything. It could be a number, it could be their student ID, whatever. There's a key, and then associated with that key is some sort of value. It could be uh, a number, it could be a bunch of values put together, which is what we call an object, and we'll talk more about that in, in a much future lecture. But if we had a student object, it would have a couple different data types in it. It would have a name, so a string. It would have a student ID, so a number. It would have a, I don't know, what could we say? We could say current student or alumni. That would be a Boolean, true or false. Are they, or I guess it would be, are they a current student, true or false? So that could be true or false. It could have a bunch of data types inside of that one object, which we'll talk about objects later. Um, but that could be found in a dictionary using a key. So that key would be, say, your student number, because that's something that's unique, right? So dictionary keys have to be unique. That is one thing about dictionaries. 
that's basically it for data types. I guess I sort of went over that fairly quickly, um, but there are in these red boxes in the slides that I've given you, it's sort of like the description of what each data type that we're actually gonna need in this course is. So integers, floats, strings, booleans, lists, and dictionaries, those are the data types we're gonna deal with in this course. There are a whole bunch more, as you can see by that uh, graph I put up above in the previous slide. But for this course, integer, floats, strings, booleans, lists, and dictionaries are all you're gonna have to worry about. Any questions about data types or about this lecture in general? Ask in Teams. Thanks for listening to the first week's lecture podcast.